Hello, welcome to 21st Century Bonsai's podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. Do you know who you are, and do you know what job or what places you belong to? A lot of people are struggling because they do, they do not have a clear identity, so that they don't know what they need to do. For example, I've been an engineer for several years, but I don't know why I'm doing this, and I don't really feel any fulfillment here. I don't really feel happiness here. I've been a professor for several years, but uh, I don't know.、Uh, I don't have any motivation to go to my work each day. I don't know why what, what I am doing and Why I am doing this? So some people or many people are struggling because of this. I think it's because of identity issue. They don't know who they really are, so that their job doesn't feel like、uh, that that they、uh, they fit to do. And、so、even if they know what they do, their job. Sometimes if they do not clearly know about their place,、uh, what place they、uh, they have in their job, sometimes they can、uh, overstep on somebody's toe, and then they can take. Credit、uh, for somebody else's, then they think that they are the ones who did everything. Like I did all this work. Look at what I have com- accomplished. But it's not just you. But it 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 is actually a teamwork. It is、uh, somebody else's contributing to the success. But if we do not know clearly who you really are and your place, your job, and your position, then. There can be a confusion like that, so that you not only you don't feel fulfillment, but also some other people might feel、um, awkward and even offended or disappointed by that. So we have to know our identity, and we need to know what our job. Is today as we go through First Corinthians series,、uh, we are going to look into this very important topic: What is your identity, and what is your job that you need to do, and who we need to give credit? So these three things that we're going to look into from First Corinthians chapter three, verses five through nine. So let's read this passage together. What then is Apollos, and what is Paul's servants? Through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers; you are God's. Field, God's building. Amen. So, in this passage, we can clearly see how Paul knew about who he was. He had a very clear identity, and also through that, based on his identity, he knew what job he was given to do, and then he exactly knew what kind of credit he could give to. So that let's go back to our passage again, and let's delve into today's passage together. So, first, let's find out. Let's find out his identity. It says, "What then is Apollos, and what is Paul?" So he was asking this question, and then says, "Servants through whom you believed." So Paul said, "We are Apollos or Paul.、Uh, we are all servants. Whose servants? Servants of God.、And、then we are." Just the instruments. Why? Because it's through whom. 
What does that mean? Through these servants, we are serv- we are instruments of someone, so that through us you believed. Believed one, believed in God, believed in Jesus Christ. And then next phrase clearly tells us that what kind of uh, Lord or what uh, what Lord these servants were serving for. Even as the Lord, Lord gave the opportunity to each one. So Apollos or Paul, God is the Lord and God has given the opportunity for them to serve. So even the ministry Apostle Paul or Apollos were doing, these were not initiated by Paul or Apollos, but God gave them opportunity to serve. Now this is very important for us to know because sometimes we feel like we're the ones who initiated this work and then we're the ones who are kicking this off and we're the ones who are putting all the efforts. It looks like that. But if God does not give us the opportunity, nothing is going to happen. We can see in James chapter 4 that people were saying, you know, let's go to the city and let's do the business and then we'll make a lot of profits. But if God takes away your life next day, nothing, you will not be able to do any of that. God must initiate. God must give you opportunity to do it. So it's the same thing. Apostle Paul clearly know, number one, his identity was servant of God. He was the servant of the Lord that he was serving the Lord and God gave him God gave him the opportunity to serve. So very clear understanding of who he was. Identity really matters. So first, the identity was the servant of God. And then second, based on this identity, Paul knew what kind of job he was given, what kind of assignment he was given. So let's look at the uh, next verse. It says, I, Paul, planted and Apollos watered. So they had a different job. Paul did what he was planting and Apollos was watering. So it is almost like Paul was like a church planter. So he planted churches and Apollos were Apollos was kind of a co-partnering or partnering with Paul. They, uh, he did a job of watering. He is like a pastor. He pastored the congregation that, Apo- uh, that Paul planted. And then he uh, watered the, uh, uh, the congregation through pastoring, uh, preaching, or continual discipleship. So they did this work, but they had a different job. So if you just stop right here, you might think like, Apollos and Paul did all amazing, amazing work. Yes, they did. And uh, if you know of a church planter or a pastor, they do a lot of work. We definitely need to appreciate them because they put their time and effort and energy, everything for the church. So I know a lot of church planters. Even I myself planted church um, uh, 11, uh, 12 years ago. It's a lot of work. You have to go to a place by obedience to the Lord and you share the gospel with the people and some people will come to Jesus Christ. You begin to disciple them. Uh, through teaching and then churches start from there you know it may not be a big a fancy church but just about five or seven people the first members of your
your church, then that itself is a huge work. But also, pastoring in that church is another challenge. That um, the, if every every Sunday they come uh, for worship service, but you you are not stopping there. You continue to minister to them. You care for them, and you you even reach out to the other people so that more people would come to the church, so that more people would hear the word of God. So these are great works, and it's ongoing works. And then we definitely need to appreciate the church planters and pastors who uh, toil uh, and who spend, who sacrifice their time and even life to minister to the church. But if we stop right there, we might think like this is all human work. This is all work of Paul. This is all work of Apollos. And then it's very easy for us to idolize them. If you remember in chapter 1, there was a division in the church of Corinth. I belong to Paul. I belong to Peter. I belong to Apollos. I even belong to Christ. Why? Because there are some preferences over the different leaders. And then they were kind of thinking of that their leaders are better than the others. So we have to be very careful. If we stop right here, then it, it would be just human sentence. Centered, um, human-centered division. However, we need to continue. So let's continue in this verse. Let's remember uh, what Paul and Apollos did. Their job was very clear, planting and watering. But it says, God was causing the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth is something that we need to give credit okay now it's a very very important to know that paul knew what he was doing he was planting and apollos was doing watering but there's uh, some uh, similarity he planted meaning that he sowed the seed but paul did not create the seed apollos watered but apollos he did not create water he used the resource that god has already created so we're just using the uh, the resources that god has given us given to us but god is the one who created the seed who created the water ultimately he is the one who grows the church amen so important yes we can plant and we can water however if god does not grow the church the church will not grow if the church is not growing, it will eventually die. So it is the it is God, it is the Lord Jesus Christ who works the real and most important work of growing the church. If you are a farmer, you must know how it is important to grow the plants, but it is not really your job. You plant the seed, you plant the plant, and you water them. But it is really job of God who grows the plant. About six, seven years ago, uh, my father came to visit us, and he loves farming. So as soon as he came to our home, he said, you know, we need to plant something. So we planted um, fig tree and grape vines. Six years later, now the fig tree bears a lot of food, fruit. But this vine tree, vine, the grapevine, does not produce any fruit. So just a few uh, weeks ago, I cut all the grapevines. I had to because it was not bearing any fruit and it was just taking space. You know, I did the same thing. You know, I sowed the seed, I watered, but just because I sowed the seed and uh, watered the plant doesn't mean that it automatically grows. 
God had to grow the plant so that the plant can grow. So it is very, very important to recognize that our job is uh, limited. We're not grower, but God is the only one who grows the plant. God is the only one who grows the church. So that we can see now the one who plants and the one who waters are one, but each will receive the own reward according to own labor. For we are God's fellow workers and God's field and God's building. Amen. So we see that when we know our identity, that we are servants of God, and our job is to plant or water, but our job is not to grow because we cannot grow anything. God is the one who grows the church. So we give credit to the Lord, not to ourselves, because it is God ultimately who grows the church. So uh, at the end of the day, what we say is this, that when we look at the church, instead of saying, oh, it is my church that I work so hard, so it is mine, but we must say this way, it is God's field and God's building. It doesn't say, Paul did not say, it is my field or my building. Paul said, it is God's field and God's building. And we are just what? We're just God's fellow workers. Isn't that amazing that we work with God? I mean, that itself is amazing honor. Remember who we were. We were sinners and we had no hope. We were hopeless. But God, by His grace, He saved us out of bondage of sin and death. Totally by His grace. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 is an amazing verse, but He saved for saved us so that he would make us as his workmanship so that we can do the good works we do not do the good works to be saved but we do good works because we are saved god purposed in us to make us as his masterpiece so that we can do a good work for his glory so that that good work is joining his ministry in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, God has commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations, and God promised to give His power and His presence. Then He is fulfilling it still now that He empowers us to do His ministry, and He doesn't leave us. He doesn't abandon us. He is working with us. He is working before us. He goes before us. He goes with us. He is always with us, and He is, jo he is inviting us to join His work. So we are His fellow workers. So that what we do is we plant and we water, but we give all the glory and honor to Him because it is the Lord who grows. So out of reverence, out of honor, we need to give thanks to the Lord that He is inviting us to work together with Him. And we are here to glorify His holy name for His glory. So that what should we do as an application of what we have learned from this passage? First thing is this. Do not idolize your leaders. Now, if you're a member of a church and if you have a wonderful pastor who preaches so well, he articulates so good, he exposes the, uh, the passage so well, so you might say, my pastor is the best pastor. Well, give glory to God. 
and give thanks to Him that God has given you the wonderful pastor for your church, for your spiritual growth. But do not ever idolize the pastor. Again, the pastor is not God. The pastor is just a planting. It's just a watering. And that is his job. But he is also fellow believer, just as you are. We are all in this together. But if you idolize that, oh, he is the great planter and he is the great um, the farmer. And if you stop there, if you miss the most important part, which is God who is growing you, God who is sanctifying you, if you do not even think about what God is doing, if you are, if you are overstepping on what God is doing, then by idolizing your pastor, you are doing a really uh, horrible sin of taking the glory of God uh, and uh, transferring it to somebody else's. That is another form of idolatry. It is worshiping creation more than creator. It was warned in Romans chapter 1, and we should not idolize anyone in our ministry, in our church, or anywhere. We should not idolize ourselves either. Speaking of which, the next application is this. If you are a pastor, if you are a church leader, do not give credit to yourself. Give always credit to God. Because, yes, we are joining His work and God is going to reward us. But we should not look at ourselves and say, we are better pastors, we are better leaders than other, pe- other leaders. Look at what they do. You know, they're not really doing anything. But look at what we do. We're doing so much things. You know, I had planted this church like 11 years ago. Look at how this church has grown. It is so amazing that so many people are coming to church to listen to my sermon each week. I am a great pastor. I'm a great planter. I'm a great Bible teacher. You know, you may be, but I'm not saying you must You must become a horrible preacher or a horrible teacher. You know, work very hard to grow in your area, in your ministry. However, if you put credit, if you take credit for yourself, then you are taking glory from God. And that is idolatry for yourself. Remember what Nebuchadnezzar, the king Nebuchadnezzar did. When he saw his empire, he was so proud of himself. And he was saying, look at all the glory in this Babylon, this empire, great empire. I have achieved all these things with my own hands. And look at what happened. God struck him right away. You know, the pride is something that God hates the most. The fallen angel fell because of his pride. We must not be overthink of ourselves. We must not look at ourselves. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, as in Hebrew chapter 12, verse 2. We need to know who we are. We just planted and we just watered. But we are just what? Servants of God. We are fellow workers of God, but we are servants. What God tells us to do, then we are in the position to obey whatever He tells us to do. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. We are just doing whatever God tells us to do. So we are God's servant. So at the end of the day, we must be able to say this, no matter how long you have served as a senior pastor or lead pastor or worship leader or a clergy in your church, even if you served there for 45 years or 55 years, at the end of the day, you must say that this is God's building and God's field. 
Apostle Paul said, it is God's field, God's building. He didn't say, it is my field and my building. It's very easy for a lot of church leaders to say that this is my church. Well, it starts really good, but it says, I put so much money in this. I put all my youth in this church. You know, I sacrificed, I toiled for this church, I suffered so much for this church. This is my church. It sounds so good, but it says, this is mine. No. Leaders, please listen very carefully. Yes, you did so much, and God remembers all your hard work. And as in uh, Matthew 25, 21, He will say, good and faithful servant. That's what we need to hear. But if you take your church ministry as your own belonging, as your own possession because you worked it so hard, and you do not know who you are, and you do not know your job, and you are putting yourself in God's, uh, in God's place so that that is a pride and you must be warned about it. You must be avoided. You must avoid it at all cost. We definitely need to know who we are. We are God's servant. And the church that we are serving is God's church. And we are His just fellow worker. We water and we plant, but God grows the church. So let's give all the glory to the Lord and let's know who we are and let's give all the credit to the Lord Jesus Christ who saved us and who is using us for His name, for His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for teaching us this very important truth that we are your servants. Father, please help us to be rem help us to remember this all the time. It is very easy uh, for us to think beyond who we are. So that sometimes if you are doing really well, they think we we take we can take all the glories and credit for that. But sometimes if it's not going well, we are so disappointed by uh, our own performances. But Lord, please help us that we are just your servants. So that whether it's going well or or not so well, we do not want to be we do not want to take credit for that. But we want to always fix our eyes on you, and we always need to we always want to give all the glory and honor to you. And Lord, this is your church, and this is your ministry. This is your field. This is your building, Lord. So Father, we are so thankful for what you do, and we'll always follow you as your servants. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I prayed. Amen. Pastor Sammy Jew's latest publication, Burning Bush, is a spiritual guidebook designed to strengthen faith. It consists of daily meditations and memorization of a selected Bible passage for 119 days. This book, which is part of the first series of 21C Moses Devotional, is intended to foster a closer relationship with God by reading and reflecting on selected verses from the Bible. Over a period of 17 weeks, its purpose is to provide a deeper understanding of God, our purpose, and how to live a virtuous life through the words of the Bible. Get your copy of the book, Burning Bush Meeting God, today by visiting Amazon.com.